Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang, and I've got another great one lined up for you today. Phil Jones will join me. He talks all things Raiders. You've seen him on Twitter as well at Phil Jones NFL. So we're going to have him. We're going to talk all about training camp. But first, I want to remind everybody to hit subscribe and also let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus of up to $500 when you sign up. This show is also presented to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal and presented to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. All right, so let's get into everything here today, what we got going on right now at camp. There's some news I want to drop before we get into the interview with Phil. Darren Waller right now, as per Brian Edwards, who spoke today after Wednesday's practice, has said that Waller would be down for a little bit. This was the second consecutive day that Waller had not been seen, so it's going to be something to keep an eye on. At this point of the game, the Raiders do not have to divulge what kind of injury Waller might have if he's on an injury list at all. He could be taking personal time, but right now we just don't know. Um, Maybe some minor injury or maybe he's uh, taking a day off to get, you know, time with the personal trainer. Maybe he's taking a veteran day off. We don't know, but that's definitely something that we will keep apprised on. We will keep updated on. So uh, keep up with everything on Vegas Nation here. And also Mike Mayock's condition, in case everyone out there had not heard, John Gruden said that he had spoke with them. Our own Vinny Bonsignor had spoke with him. He is battling COVID, but is doing all right. He gave Vinny Bonsignor the thumbs up, so wanted to keep everybody in the loop there as well. But right now, let's get into things with Phil Jones. We had a great conversation on all sides of the ball with the Raiders, what things have looked like during training camp. And we start off talking about the offensive side of the ball. So let's get into it right now with Phil Jones. All right, everybody. Joining us now on the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast, it's Phil Jones. You know him as the NFL digital media content writer. He's a sports reporter for Post Game Central and host of Unfiltered Truth. (laughs) You can find him on (laughs) unfilteredtruth.com. Phil, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today. I appreciate you. Appreciate you bringing me on. How you doing today? Oh, I'm great. I'm out here at Raiders training camp. And that's why I brought you on was because I really wanted to get your take on some things. I know people tell me all the time that Phil Jones NFL on Twitter is the guy to follow when you want good Raiders content, when you're looking for NFL content. So I really wanted to get some takes from you on on what you're seeing right now with Raiders training camp. And I'm going to start here because, uh, this is something I saw that you put out on Twitter with uh, Mariota. Just your take right now, what you think you've seen out of some of the tape and some of the looks from Marcus Mariota coming in to this season with the Raiders. Uh, well, this is one thing that stuck out to me. Just going back from the offseason, I know a lot of people had the talks of Mariota could be traded to the Patriots or he could be a trade option to the Washington football team or even Chicago, but it just didn't sit right with me. 
And then you also look at John Gruden. John Gruden didn't really get a chance to use Marcus Mariota last year because, one, he was out injured and he came back late. You know, we get him uh, when Carr had went down and you saw what he could do. And that's a guy that if he's your number two, you want to hold on to him. And you can not just have him waiting in the wing. You can have him in certain packages in the offense and also use him in the red zone. And that's something that the Raiders are going to need. They're going to need everything possible to help them become a better red zone offense, especially in the second half of the season. That's something that I asked Josh Jacobs about today. In fact, that he spoke here on Friday at Raiders training camp. And uh, I asked him about that because, you know, and, and I know that he talks a lot to Marcus Allen, that he's been kind of a mentor to Josh over the years. And Marcus Allen had these ways of getting into the red zone that would just like get people so excited and, and the confuse more importantly, the other opposing defenses. So, um, if anything, what do you hope that Josh Jacobs can take away from Marcus Allen in learning what he, to do with some of the takes in the red zone to convert more points to touchdowns? You know, I would really just say, if I'm Marcus, like, hey, I need you to go back and look at a few tapes. Uh, one, go back and look at that red skin uh, Super Bowl game. Yeah. Look at the moves I pulled. <laughs> but... uh <laughs> Uh, with Josh Jacobs, I think the one thing is just maintaining, staying healthy, and he's going to have to find a way to get his – he's going to have to get that speed going. He's going to have to really – what's the one thing I'm looking at? The yards per average were – they went down about a yard nice. from last year from what his rookie year was. He's going to have to find a way to get that back up. Trust hitting the holes where your linemen are. I mean, yes, you don't have Rodney Hudson. You don't have Gabe Jackson. There was a little bit of a struggle off on that offensive line in the red zone, especially with those two making a push. And now you got Denzel Good right there. You're going to have Andre James there. Those two guys are younger, faster, a little bit smaller than uh, Hudson Jackson. And I'm just going to say this. Josh Jacobs needs to just trust those two guys to open up the hole where he can just get in the end zone. And it's probably going to have to be some other plays they can use with Josh, maybe some swing passes and probably say, I don't know, maybe have him do like a little running back pass. I want to see Josh Jacobs throw the football. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? You know, it's funny. I went on the air recently and talked about maybe they use Mariota in some sort of other package towards, you know, the red zone. Once they get down there, maybe they find ways to bring him in to the offense. And I, I use the Taysom Hill reference, but that's not the only way they can utilize him. And when you see or hear, you know, John Gruden today talking about how they've created different packages to really utilize what they can out of Marcus's skill set that are much different from Derek's. How much does that kind of pique your interest as to how the Raiders might use him, you know, in certain situational um, uh, offensive, you know, situations, certain situations, excuse me for a stay with my new mouth. I'm not, you know, I'm not surprised by it. If John Gruden has a guy like Mariota out there, 
and then you also have Derek Carr out there, you want to try to find the best ways to win by any means necessary. And having Marcus Mariota out there, even in certain packages, if you start to see him a little bit more than what some folks would expect, I don't care. I want to see it. I know John Gruden doesn't care because he wants to win. I mean, we want to see this team win. We thought, you know, in 2020, they would be able to come out. I know, yeah, it was a COVID year, but you wanted to see this team kind of come into Vegas and get their first playoff berth, but that, that wasn't the case. This year, you have all these pieces around that offense, and especially Mariota being 100% healthy. I'm going to find ways to get them out on that field. And from what I was hearing that at practice, the way that offense was flowing today, I want to see more of him. And I want that to create confusions for defensive coordinators to try to uh, prep against it. A lot of people talk about third year receivers having breakout seasons. And sometimes it happens in the second year too. And we've seen that in the past with others, but when you start looking at the development of Henry Ruggs, the people that are now around him with John Brown, with Zay Jones standing out in camp as well. I just want to get your take on first. Let's start with uh, Henry Ruggs and what you think he can do this year to really make a big jump on this offense. I think they're going to look to get him more involved. I mean, that's captain obvious. They're going to look to get him involved more. (laughs) Uh, The one thing we all have the question mark is his route running. And Mm -hmm. I believe that Henry Ruggs is a dedicated young man that is willing to better his game. I know he is willing to do anything necessary to make sure that his route running is at perfection. And that's the one thing we're all going to be looking for. Uh, I say what this Ram scrimmage that they're going to have coming up uh, and definitely week one of the season, because you're going up against the Ravens. Most likely he might be up against Marcus Peters. So we got to see how that route running is. We got to see how fluent it is, but I definitely believe he can get it done. I think you're going to see, a big boost from Henry Ruggs. You're not just going to see that out route. You're going to see some slants. You're probably going to see some in routes and he's going to pull it off. And I think he's going to be that guy that, Oh, you know, we thought we were just going to get about maybe six or about, you know, five or 600 yards at least out of him. No, I think you're going to definitely see about a 800, 900 yard season from him. Take the over on Henry Ruggs. I like it. Uh, when you think about, like you were saying, with the Rams scrimmages that are coming up, Henry Ruggs is going to go against one of the best in Jalen Ramsey as well. So when you think about that challenge and then probably facing, like you said, Marcus Peters in the um, first game of the season, how much do you think that Jalen Ramsey would be a good uh, test for Henry Ruggs to, for when he goes up against the Rams? Oh, definitely be a good test for him. Uh, opposed to the- a big challenge for him. I mean, you're going against arguably one of the best corners in the NFL. So, <laughs> you know, he's going to try to get inside his head. He's going to be, it's going to be a lot of jaw dropping going back and forth. You're going to see like, Oh, am I going to be able to get an opportunity to just blow right past him? Or is he going to just keep jamming me up at the line? Henry Ruggs, he, 
he's going to be able to try to pull some things off, but then there's also going to be some, some up and downs maybe. And I say, he's just going to have to like, just learn from that experience, learn from that day, take what you can get and just find better solutions to better your game. But I think that's going to be an interesting matchup during uh, the scrimmage. As a point of focus for the Raiders on offense, and I'm going to get into defense here after we take a break, but when you start thinking about the Raiders offense, mostly just where do you see the main area that they need to improve in to become a playoff team in 2021? Well, like I said in the beginning, red zone offense, Mm -hmm. them trying to score in the second half, they struggle. We started seeing them settle for more field goals. Uh, I would say John Gruden needs to take a little bit more chances on fourth down. Hey, Derek Carr said he's going to do everything he can. Hey, let's see him do a little bootleg. Let's see him run out and just call his own number. Try to get uh, Alec Ingold involved more. Yes. That was something that I noticed last year. You have him right there, and he's only had three carries for four yards for the entire season. I think those numbers can go up. Uh, the second thing is if they want improvement, it's got to be good chemistry between the other receivers and Derek Carr. Now, we saw the chemistry between him and uh, Hunter Renfro. You definitely see the chemistry between him and Darren Waller. But you have other pieces around you, and you want to make sure that everybody's all on the same page. Yeah. Route, the timing. If they have that down, I believe the Raiders' offense can not just be a top 10. I think they can be within the top five. They don't need to go out and get guys like Devontae Adams and big, massive blockbuster trades. You have everything right there. This can be a great offense. Everybody just needs to make sure they're on the same page. And if they're they're going to be on that same page, they can succeed and go to great heights. Who is the most underrated player on this team offensively that you expect to make a big splash in 2021? Ooh, (laughs) ha ha. That is an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> I just thought I'd throw it out there because I, I, you know, we all think of the Wallers out there and the rugs and the things that they need to do. But I liked what you had to say about Alec Ingold. I think he's definitely a contender for, you know, kind of a sleeper uh, on this offense that we know what he can do in blocking situations and um, the spider to why banana situations, you know, but I'm wondering what you think about him, you know, or, or somebody else, or, you know, I, I don't know who you might have in mind. Well, he would be one of them, but one, one guy I'm going to say, Kenyon Drake. Yeah. I mean, we've all been talking about, you know, right here, we're all talking about Jacobs, Waller, uh, Renfro, Ruggs, even Brian Edwards. But that was one of your guys that you brought in free agency. Everybody's wondering, why are you paying this guy all this money? And you got Josh Jacobs. If you remember, if you think, if you ever watched Alabama, the way they use the running backs, just if you just watch, who 
Ooh, man. Because <laughs> you go and watch, I'm just thinking about it right now. I was like, wow. I remember how they had that little one, they had that one-two punch at Alabama. I, that's John Gruden just trying to do the same thing. But then again, John Gruden had that going with uh, Tyrone Wheatley and Charlie Gardner back yes. in the day. He's a big fan of the two-headed running back machine <laughs> and also apparently a big fan of Alabama offensive linemen. <laughs> he talked about Alex Leatherwood today and the physicality that he'll bring up front that'll help maybe enhance, like you were talking about, the yards per um, gain on average for Josh Jacobs. Right now, I think it sits around, and I'm not looking at numbers officially in front of me, but I think it's like at 3.8, 3.9. So, I yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah, obviously you want to be at five. So that should help to open up some holes. <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break right here. And when I come back, we're going to talk about some defense here with Phil Jones on the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. Locals know the SCN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the SCN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang, and I'm joined today with Phil Jones. We're talking all things Raiders here on a Wednesday is actually when this airs, but we're talking here on the weekend. Full disclaimer, just in case something comes up and you guys are like, why are you talking about old stuff? <laughs> just like, but I do want to bring this up because it just flashed here across my timeline on Twitter that Daniel Carlson is now on the reserve COVID list. And we heard today that Theo Riddick retired after landing on the list. And he spent a, a couple days on the list before they announced his official retirement. And all these rules, all the things that are coming down this season, you know, I think a lot of people thought that we were going to be past this in the 2021 season and a lot of things would be back to business and as usual, but you know, it's still looming. I mean, with, in terms of with what happened now with, with Daniel Carlson, how concerned do you think everybody is maybe about this going into the 2021 season? Well, uh, <laughs> I put it like this. The league are trying to set things where the guys can stay safe. Yeah. Be able to enjoy full football season. Uh, no games getting rescheduled or, you know, it's nobody wants to do it. Yeah. And John Gruden, you know him. He is not looking to deal with that. With what he dealt with last year with COVID, I know he had got sick from what they were saying. And you look at Abrams was out. You had Trent Brown that was out. You could go down the list of guys that were out. It hurt them. It hurt them a lot. And, you know, they're asking the guys to get vaccinated. And so far, it looks like the majority of the whole team has been vaccinated, I think. I think he said they were probably about, what, 95%, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you if the team is asking you to do it, and from what you were reading with the NFL uh, rules on this, you know, the memo they sent out, they want everybody to be at basically 100%. And, you know, if you're if you get it, you know, you're risking everybody at 
losing a game check and then also a team loss, I mean, that that's something you don't want to deal with. No, not at all. And it's just, you know, I think you think about it. And today, Josh Jacobs said that, and today being on a Saturday, Josh Jacobs said that uh, Theo Riddick decided to step away from the game because of it, um, because of landing on the COVID list and that he had to put his health first. So I just want to say, I wish Theo Riddick all the best, you know, seven year veteran of the league, you know, going into his second year here with the Raiders. And, uh, you know, I thought he could have been somebody that had a good change of pace for this team. So I was looking forward to seeing him and of course that veteran presence but um unfortunately he has decided to retire so just want to put that little bit of news in case anybody missed it um but as we start to look now at what this Raiders team needs to do defensively that's been obviously a huge point of focus for the Raiders after last year's firing of Paul Gunther and then they bring in Gus Bradley and a lot of people talked about how Gus Bradley's system and what it brings to this team that's very young how much installs can they do and get things ready for the season with him during this training camp? And I first want to say that Yannick Ngakwe looks absolutely insane out there on the field. You can see the presence that he brings to the game. So what are you hoping to see out of him on this Raiders defense this year? No, well, first, Ngakwe being a, a guy from PG County, same place I'm born and raised. <laughs> there uh, you go. You know, you, you loved it. It's like, oh, my gosh, the dream come true. You're seeing one of your guys that grew up in the same area as you. They finally get to the same team that you love. And you hear the things that he said, you know, it, it was meant for me just to be a Raider. I was just like, I love this. I love hearing him say this. Uh, but he brings so much to this team, not just, you know, skill set wise, but just leadership. And I think that was some of the things that this defense was really missing and having this presence, uh, starting to show on this team this year, you're starting to see it rub off on certain guys. You're starting to definitely see it rub off on, uh, Max Crosby there. I think they're going to be a little nice duo for this, uh, defense. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm hey, I love to see it. I think with Yannick just coming off of the edge, you're definitely going to end up seeing about double digit sacks. The speed from him is something that the Raiders. Well, I'll say the speed and strength is something that the Raiders have not had since. I mean, Mac. I mean, I'm not saying he's Mac, but you know, this is something that they've been yearning for for a minute. They've been having the ups and downs for pass rushers since that trade had went down. Yeah. (laughs) So I was thinking too about obviously the defensive backs and what a lot of people have as far as expectations there, because I don't know, you know, last year, what fell short more was it coverage with the secondary or was it the pressure on the defensive line, not being there, a lack of it. So, um, I wanted to get your take now too, on like additions, like Casey Hayward, people who can make a difference there in the secondary and, uh, let's just start there. And then I'll get into the next part of that question. (laughs) Well, Casey Hayward being there in the secondary, uh, yeah. One, that is a big impact. There's someone that's already familiar 
with Gus Bradley's defense. Uh, we saw how he's had a good performance under it. I mean, yeah, he had a little up and down uh, last season, but when Casey Hayward's out in that zone coverage, and that's something that we're going to see a lot with uh, Gus Bradley's defense, I mean, I'm pretty impressed. I'm, I'm impressed that they finally went out and got Casey Hayward because I thought they should have got him a couple years back. But um, having having him out there is – like I said, you know, once again, that's another major leadership presence for that secondary. And I think he's going to be an immediate impact for this uh, defense. I feel like that as well. And the second part of that question, I just didn't want to extend it out too much, was you know, a lot, I think, uh, eyes are on Damon Arnett and what he can do in his second year. And I think for a lot of the rookies that were brought in last year, they had an unfair, uh, you know, advantage against them because they had no off season. They didn't have the time to build chemistry. And then to top it off with Arnett, he's injured half the time and then had concussions. So like he's gone through it all there in terms of uh, you know school of hard knocks coming into his first year. So what do you uh, think we might be able to see out of him in his second year? Uh, Damon Arnett, you know, he had like you know, we had he had his ups and downs. I think he has something to show to everybody. And, you know, if you tend to see on Raiders Twitter, you know, there's always fans that are dropping their input, and you know, some players tend to be ready to kind of clash back at it, like, you know, you don't know what I'm going <laughs> doing this and that. But yeah. the thing is Everybody can talk the talk, but you got to walk the walk. And with Damon Arnett, he has a lot to show this year. He has a lot to show for the staff, to the staff that I'm the guy that you really wanted the day you drafted. Yeah. I'm the guy that's going to come out here and show you what I can truly bring to the table. I know I had the, you know, on and off last year, but. I'm going to show you this year why I'm your guy and why I should be here long term. He has a lot. He's got a lot to do, but, you know, I believe he can do it. And I believe he can step up to the table and do it. I'm particularly excited to see what Trayvon Merrick brings to the game uh, as a rookie at a TCU. I thought he was going to be drafted higher than he was. So when I think the Raiders got him in the second round, I thought, wow, what a steal. Uh, what do you make of him coming into this game? And, you know, this year, as he, like I was saying, they actually have um, a training camp. They have an offseason program. So for someone like him to be able to have those kind of reps and to see, you know, what, Gus Bradley's system brings. What do you think about him and the expectations that fans might have on him? We have a ball hawk now. <laughs> yeah, right. We have, a, we have somebody that's going to be picking that ball off, and we're probably going to be seeing something that the Raiders needed a lot last year: turnovers. Something that they've been struggling with since 2018 was getting a large amount of turnovers, interceptions. And I know he can create, uh, he can cause fumbles as well. So having him back there and also having him, especially in pass coverage, we haven't had that in a minute. You know, we, we thought we were, you know, when we first had like 
Carl Joseph. We had Carl Joseph what, for 2019, you know, well, 2018, 2019. But when you saw him in 19, it was just like, eh, this is not looking good. But, you know, you got him back, and I think he's just going to be on that strong safety side. But more being that free safety, I think that's the true free safety that you've been needing for a long time. And I believe he's going to get – he's going to turn a lot of heads. He's going to show a lot of folks – why he should have been a first round pick because as I recalled, he was really high on uh, the Cowboys board. And I think he might end up shocking the NFL and end up being rookie of the year. All right. I've seen some really nice intangibles out of him. And when I say that, I mean like when he's out and the ball looks like there's nobody that's going to be able to leap up and get it, he grabs it. And the way that he's able to kind of put himself in a position when it looks like his feet are going another way that he's able to twist and, and find where that ball is. Like you said, you got yourself a ball hawk and then uh, Trayvon Merrick, I think. But uh, I wanted to ask a couple of more things here just on the defensive front. Um, similar to what I did in uh, the offensive conversation that we have is, is there anyone in particular that you think is going to be a real difference maker on the defense for the Raiders this year? Oh, man. Yes. Yes, there is. It's actually two guys that I've kept a good eye on. And there was something that really stuck out to me this uh, this week during camp. Uh, I think it was Vinny that said it, you know. Jonathan Abram, he's been sitting back just, they say he's been quiet. Mm-hmm. He's just been focusing in, just watching, listening, and learning. Now, we know that Jonathan Abram can be the heat seeker and yes. be the guy and just Hulk smash. <laughs> yes, Hulk but, smash. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, I it was I got a chance to talk to uh Hall of Fame inductee uh Steve Atwater, and huh? he loves him. He, he loves Jonathan Abrams' game. And, you know, he said he just got to kind of slow it down a little bit. And if he's doing this in camp, you know, just slowing down, just focusing what they have him doing, you know, you hear PFF had him as one of the worst-ranked safeties in the NFL. Yeah. I think he's going to – that's going to change. I don't think he's going to have any struggles this year. I think he's going to be the guy that – they drafted him to be. I think everybody just really kind of had like a bad funk in 2020. But, you know, you have a man, you have a leader, you have a leader among men and Gus Bradley. And you you also have Ron Miller's back there. Yeah. Guys in the secondary. To truly guide them to be better than what folks think they are. And who was, see, oh, sorry, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I see success from Jonathan Abram this year. He's so, one of my sleepers. Who was the other one? You said you had a couple. So Abram and who's the other? Other ones on the line. Uh, Quentin Jefferson. Yes. You know, I'm trying to figure out why hasn't he not been talked about? I mean, this guy, when he was with Seattle, he was 
vicious when he was with the Buffalo Bills uh, last year. You saw what he did interior-wise to our O-line. He got in and created havoc. Got to Derek Carr a few times, actually. So that's a guy I expect to see to stand out on that D-line. I know we have some guys that we're all trying to figure out who's going to be who, who's going to be the guy that's starting there. But Quentin Jefferson is going to be one guy, I believe, that's going to actually start and be right off, just come in right off the bat and just show, hey, you wanted me to play inside? I'm going to show you what I got. And folks that I've talked to that are, you know, I got a few Buffalo fans I know there said he should have stayed inside all year. Yeah. He tackle. And when he did, I see it. I see why now. I'm going to have to bring you back for another show because this is all the time that I have for today. But before I let you go, Phil, I wanted to get uh, some things from you as far as what you're working on and what people can look out for, where they can find you on social media, all of that good stuff. Right now, what I'm getting ready to work on, uh, two things. Uh, Projected 53-man roster and... I'm getting ready to work on this win-loss project uh, prediction. Okay. I know a lot of folks are like, you know, you already heard it, but I try not to do it too early because, right? you know, you got camp, you got to factor in some injuries, you got to factor in who's going where, who's going to end up being a starter there at that spot. So those things play a big factor. And, you know, I was going to, Wait on that. I said probably about week two, week three of preseason, you guys would get my 53-man roster and you get the uh, win-loss projection. Uh, other than that, you guys can find me on Twitter, Phil Jones NFL. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Phil Jones. Uh, you guys can find me on unfiltertruth.com. Uh, follow the Unfiltered Truth on Twitter. And our next show will be Monday night. Yes, very exciting. I'm going to be watching that. And also, just because you said it, and now I have to throw this in there, you said you're working on the 53-man roster. Can you reveal one or two of the names that you have on the bubble right now? (laughs) For me, it's hard because I look at the wide receiver room. And you see all of this talent there. Guys like Willie Sneed, Zay Jones, John Brown, Ruggs, Edwards, Renfro. It's like, how are they going to cut this down some? Plus, you have guys that have been, you know, key members who have stepped up like Keelan Doss, Marcel Aitman. So you start to wonder, where's the cut? Where's the line going to be drawn here with the wide receiver department? You know, I think they're still going to try to hold on to Keelan Doss. I think he's going to end up being back on the practice squad for one more season. Yeah. Uh, but one of the guys I got on my bubble uh, is Jalen Richard. Uh, the next guy I have on my bubble is Nevin Lawson. Even though we've heard a lot about Nevin Lawson, I just feel that with him having those that two game suspension, one of those younger guys are going to try to step up and just hold that spot down. And especially with Damon Arnett 
if you go back and look at him at Ohio State, he can also play inside in the slot. Mm-hmm. And then Nate Hobbs is another guy that played in the Big Ten. He was a major impact for that defense. So those are two guys I got on my bubble right now that I'm going to keep a close eye and see how things play out. But right now, and reason why I got Richard on that uh, bubble, I'm looking at a guy in Trey Regis. I know he's an undrafted guy, but, I mean, then again, you had Jalen Richard as an undrafted guy. See what he can bring to the table when it comes down to preseason. I like it. I like it a lot. And I'm going to be keeping an eye. I'm going to be sending you notes. Hey, Phil, this is what I saw. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> I sure appreciate the time here today. We're going to have to have you back on sometime during the season. Get your takes on everything once it's all starting to play out after you get your win-loss record out there and in print. And I'll have to bug you about it somewhere, maybe after the first quarter of the season, be like, Phil, is this what you predicted? So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for coming on again. Phil Jones, you can find him on Twitter, Phil Jones NFL. And thank you so much for all your great takes here today on the show. Appreciate you having me on, Adi. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. Again, just a reminder, we are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports, also presented to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire Podcast. We will have our next show Friday on Sportsmanlike Content. So don't forget to hit subscribe to check out all of the shows that happen here on Vegas Nation. Three times a week, we have you covered on all your Raiders news with Vinny Bonsignor, Adam Hill, Sam Gordon, and Ed Graney. And I am Heidi Fang. For my guest, Phil Jones, thank you again for joining me. We'll be back next week.